0: All right, how we doing everybody? I'm your host Will Reddington and welcome to another episode of Red Talk. Our show is brought to you by Mm -hmm. Vegas Live 365. If you are looking for a way to bet on sports from the comfort of your own home, if you're tired of driving across the bridge, Vegas 365 is your spot. Message me, Will Reddington4, on Twitter if you want to get set up. Whether you bet $5 or $5,000 every single week, Vegas 365 has you covered. Our show is also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy Sports. Use promo code RED with two Ds for a $20 deposit bonus. On any deposit, $20 or more, Thrive has awesome NFL contests rolling each weekend. You could win up to $10 thousand dollars. And of course we are also brought to you by O'Shea's Irish Pub. O'Shea's Irish Pub, as concerts and events start to return to the KFC Yum! Center, there's no spot more equipped to give you the best pregame or the best postgame you could ever ask for than O'Shea's Irish Pub, downtown 123 Main Street. Very easy to remember. All right, let's get it going. All right, A.B., Austin Bickett, we are back. Red Talk, there are just two weeks left in the college football season, which I I should have known, and I, I guess I just put that together about 20 minutes ago, but that's that's pretty sad.
1: Yeah, it is sad, but, um, I mean, we still have all bowl season. Um, it's kind of the best time of the year with Feast Week coming up. This is like all the big-time um, early-season college basketball tournaments start, so I, college football will be missed but you know it's it's been a long season I feel like longer than usual it seems but you know we got basketball going we still got a ton of bowl games and the playoff to look forward to and two more weeks so it'll be okay we'll be okay
0: yeah no it's a good point bowl games are wonderful a little Tuesday Wednesday action it's going to be terrific before we jump into the picks I want to look up, look at the playoff rankings because we're really close uh, unchanged week to week I I was looking at the odds, and they're very interesting. Like uh, Oklahoma, for example, was still getting like plus 350 odds to make the playoff. That is very surprising. I mean, they are ranked 13th.
1: Yeah, but I mean, somebody has to win the Big 12, and if they can survive, well, I think they might lose again this weekend, but— if they can survive the rest of the season without losing again, um, obviously it mostly comes down to that Georgia Bama game. If Georgia beats them, it opens up a spot for an extra team to get in. If Alabama wins, the SEC is going to be taking up two of the spots. So that's the biggest game for all these um, teams right on the fringe. But still, I feel like more than usual, and you could say the same about the NFL playoffs with this extra week and the seventh seed. Still, a lot of teams left alive this late in the season. Like you can outside of like the bottom four in the NFL. Uh, like the Jags jets tech outside of those like three or four teams, you can see a path for like every team to get into the playoffs somehow with this seven seed. Everybody's kind of lingering around 500. So, but both NFL and uh, college football should have some, some pretty meaningful and interesting games down the stretch.
0: Totally agree. I mean, when you look at the college football playoff picture, there's a few teams there that are ranked in the top 13 that we know have no chance, such as wake forest, um, Notre Dame. I don't think there's any way they put them in, but like you could kind of roadmap a lot of these teams. In Oregon and Cincinnati are two of the top five, and they are getting major plus odds. I think it's like plus two hundred and fifty and plus three hundred and twenty-five respectively to make the playoff. And Oregon's got a big game this week. We're going to talk about it. there. in an underdog at Utah. Cincinnati has its toughest test of the season. And to Cincinnati, that means an 11-point favorite at home to SMU. But it is going to be really fun to watch this unfold. I, I usually feel like it's all locked up. And outside of Georgia, everything's kind of wide open. So that's nice. I'd say that's successful.
1: Could you imagine if they put Notre Dame in over Cincinnati after Cincinnati went into Notre Dame and beat them? absolute riot (laughs) yeah that would be that would be pretty hilarious even though i I don't like notre dame i'd honestly rather see cincinnati get in the notre dame but it would be funny for them to just say hey look there is no chance that you ever get in the playoff
0: yeah i mean
1: but to be fair cincinnati has not looked good the past like month so they really shouldn't be in
0: no they shouldn't and i mean god with how good they are this year they should just be in the acc it's not like their basketball program is horrible every year like they're not going to hold anybody back. And football-wise, they would comfortably be the best team in the ACC this year. Probably. Who knows if they played the ACC schedule, they might be 6-4 and four too.
1: Yeah, I feel like they'd be the best team. I don't know if they'd be undefeated. Playoff contenders, they'd probably slip up once or twice. But down here for the ACC. With Clemson down, it's it's tough over there.
0: Yeah, and Cincinnati would for sure lose to Louisville given that they would be yeah. playing for the keg of nails. That's and, uh great trophy. They- I should bring that back. Yeah, we're, we're trying we're trying it's it's in the works every day let's jump into every the picks. Day. let's try to get through this nice and quick uh uh let's see why don't you get us started college football
1: all right i just want to start off by saying that i had my la- my worst week of all time last week one and five on here and i hate the board this week so maybe looking at a possible one and 11 situation over the last two weeks but i'm going to start off with the texas west virginia over 56 and a half, I mean, this Texas team stinks bad, but they can score the ball. Uh, just coming off that 57-56 loss to Kansas. I mean, West Virginia's offense is not no powerhouse by any means, but Kansas just on 57 on them. Texas offense still good, even though they're going to be missing um B. John Robinson, probably the best running back in the nation for the rest of the year. Um, these teams average a combined 63 points a game. I, I just think this total is too low. for. I don't feel like every Texas total should be. About At least 60. I mean, defense is horrendous. Offense is pretty solid.
0: Yeah, no, I I actually really like that one. That Kansas-Texas game was crazy. That, that picture thread of that Kansas fan taking in the whole game is so awesome. Congrats to Kansas. Worst team against the spread in the country going into that game. Really went in there and got it done. My first pick, I'm going to go with Cincinnati by 11.5 at home against SMU. Cincinnati has not covered in four straight games this is now the biggest game in the history of their school they have got to come out and roll SMU if they do and Oregon loses which we're going to get to that in a second I I think there's a good chance we see Cincinnati take that four spot I don't know if they stay there but this is a really important game for them I don't think SMU is all that good it's at home I like Cincinnati by 11 and a half
1: yeah I mean they they have to roll here to um this is the best team that they have left on their schedule they might get Houston in the um, championship game of their conference, but this is the only scheduled one as of now, and this isn't even a ranked team. That's how bad their schedule has been. I mean, they did beat at Notre Dame, like I said, but yeah, they have to roll here, but I, I can't bet them anymore because I bet them like three weeks with that same mindset, and they almost lost like all three times. So,
0: Yeah, good luck. SMU you and the is... SMU is eight and two, which is a good record, but they have lost two of their last three—one at Houston, one at Memphis. Uh, they, they beat UCF last year, UCF or last week. UCF's whole team's hurt. I like Cincinnati here. What do you have
1: next? I am going to go with Michigan State plus nineteen. I know this is kind gross. of gross. Yeah, kind of like a sucker bet. I took Purdue last week with the like the same amount of points. They kind of hung around on the spread, but they never really had a chance to cover. I think they lost by twenty eight. Um, they had a chance to backdoor lose by like twenty one, which still wouldn't have been enough. But I, I don't know, man. I just I'm not that guy that's like, oh, they're ranked seventh. This sh- game will surely be close. I know that's not a fact. But it, besides the Purdue game, Ohio State struggled. Nebraska and Penn State, Michigan State has hung in there with everybody. There, there, that loss to, um, that loss to Purdue was pretty bad. But Purdue is just kind of the giant slayers at home, so. I don't know. I don't think Michigan State has any chance to win this game, but a lot of uh, Heisman implications on this game with C.J. Stroud and the running back from Michigan State. Kenneth uh,
0: Walker, the third. Kenneth Walker,
1: the third, yeah. Uh, Whoever wins that game will probably be in the leader spot for the Heisman race and maybe the worst Heisman race of our lifetime. So, yeah, I I just hope that Michigan State can hang in there. They really need to, like, score first. They're not going to win for sure, but I'll take the plus 19, and this is kind of just a product of me hating the board and trying to find something.
0: Not a beautiful board. Don't love it this week. And, you know, the cards are in action tonight. And that's just a bummer because I know everybody loves loading up the Drake and watching the cards on Saturdays. But we have to do it on a Thursday now. Very overwhelming. Uh, My next pick, Oregon, plus three at Utah. Um, I feel like everybody likes Utah this week. That makes sense. They're wearing some weird carbon, like brown Salt Lake uniforms. They're not even going to look like Utah at all. Oregon's probably still going to look better than them with their uniforms. I had Washington State last week. I don't remember if I gave it out of 14 or 14 and a half, but it was either a push or a win. Washington State should have been a lot closer than that. Maybe should have won the game, fumbled going into the end zone. But I I do think that Oregon is up for this game. I think Utah is too. I think it's going to be a great matchup, 730 ABC primetime. But Oregon is the better team here, and I think they get it done. It's not a system play because Utah's ranked 23rd. Utah is 7-3. and three. I, I can't get over that Oregon win at Ohio State. That's really impressive. Their loss is as bad as anybody's loss that we've seen all year. Because um, how bad is Stanford now? I, I feel like we see Stanford losing every week.
1: Yeah, that Stanford is not very good. Uh, that game was very weird. Oregon should have won that game. There was an egregious P.I. call in the end zone. And then another bad call just to get them there. But yeah, I don't. I still don't really know what to think about Oregon. Haven't seen a ton of Utah. I know they were pretty hyped up coming into the season and had a big letdown. But yeah, I don't know. That game's scary. The games, the games in Utah at night are always pretty scary. I'm probably gonna stay away from that one. But Oregon is in the driver's seat for the playoff if they just keep winning, and that this is going to be their toughest challenge left, which makes me nervous because every season it feels like the Pac-12 has a chance to get in the playoff, and then something crazy happens, which just wasn't be crazy, Utah's favorite, but somebody loses at the very end of the year and then Pac-12 doesn't get in. So that is going to be maybe the second best game of the day.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it, comfortably. That,
1: Ohio State, Michigan State, it's supposed to be, but that's a 19-point spread. Like You could argue that is the biggest best game of the night.
0: I agree. What do you have next?
1: All right, I'm going to go with something very, very gross. I'm going to take... I got a couple gross picks left. Um, I'm going to take Vanderbilt plus 36 and a half against Ole Miss. Uh, that, that's just, it's just too many points. They can lose by five touchdowns and still cover. Ole Miss has kind of been struggling as of late. I mean, they've still been winning. Beat a good AM team by 10, beat Liberty by 13, lost to Auburn by 11, beat LSU by 14, beat Tennessee by five, beat Arkansas by one. Like they're not blowing teams out. Their defense just isn't very good. Vandy is a horrendous ball club. I watched it first person last week but that's a lot of points they've only lost by that number twice this year one of them three times sorry i didn't see the georgia 62 to zero but um yeah I, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna take vandy to lose by about 30 here and not 35
0: vandy plus 21 and a half too easy last week yeah um, true. too easy yeah they, they have helmets they have uniforms they're playing uk they're getting 21 and a half points sign me up that being said give me kentucky minus 36 against new what? mexico State this week
1: That's too many points.
0: New Mexico State is horrendous. They Uh, are. Nick Wheatley told me, Nick Wheatley, see a blue, red talk, recurring guest, told me that Terry Wilson, quarterback of New Mexico, has only thrown for like over 200 yards against one team, and it was New Mexico State. Best game of the year. That's how bad New Mexico State is. UK, they obviously look a lot better for that Terry. That's so
1: many points.
0: Uh, 36 (laughs) here. You know, Stoops likes to cover. He just couldn't do it last week. They were up. I was was
1: surprised. I was surprised he didn't try to cover. He had a chance to try, and he sat on it big for me i had the under but i really thought he was going to go for the cover there and he even meant when um kentucky played their last basketball game he even mentioned that a lot of boosters were mad at him so something to keep in mind
0: my last pick for college only four this week kansas state your system play actually no it's not kansas state plus one at home against baylor everybody loves baylor because they beat Oklahoma last week. I don't think Baylor's very good. Kansas State has quietly been playing very well. They've won four in a row, just beat West Virginia 34-17. to 17. I think the crowd's going nuts here. Uh, Their running back is a semifinalist for the Doak Walker Award. Dude's good. I like Kansas State here, plus one at home against Baylor.
1: Kansas State on my card as well, so add that there. My Let's go. Fourth and, my fourth and final pick is going to be Boston College, minus two against Florida State. Boston College, six and four. You think, okay, not a very good team. They started 4-0, and quarterback got hurt against Clemson, lost all three, came back 2-0 and since he came back, 14-point win over Tech, 11-point win over Georgia Tech. Florida State coming off the maybe the most emotional win of the year um, against Miami. They got up 20, Miami came all the way back. That's obviously their biggest rivalry game. Florida State gets it done on the very last drive. Uh, I think this is a letdown spot for Florida State, as much as you can have a letdown as a 4-6 and team. And uh, Boston College with Jerkovic is actually – pretty good team so going with the eagles again
0: i think boston college is so bad i cannot believe Fine. you're giving that out
1: they've they're six and one with their quarterback and the one loss was to clemson by six and he didn't play the whole game
0: interesting okay yeah. Okay. Boston College. I'm down. I don't think Florida State's very good either.
1: Let's <laughs> move on Florida State's not good either. Yeah. Let's I'm move not on to the NFL. best team in country.
0: NFL, um, it's been tougher. I had a pretty good week last week. I know you had a catastrophic week. I think you went like three hours at Odell's without talking. Are uh, you were week really of... mad at Teddy Bridgewater? I don't want to talk yeah. about that on there. No, no, don't. No, 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 no. no. Bad. <laughs> Bad. No. Okay. Now you go ahead with this week's picks. You don't need to dwell on the past.
1: Yeah. We're not dwelling on the past. Um, My first pick is the, I know you're a big Vikings fan, so this will probably hurt, but I'm going with the Packers, minus one and a half against the Vikings. Um, I think the Packers are the best team in the NFL at the very moment. Um, They only lost, or their only loss in the last nine weeks, not counting that week one blowout was with um, Jordan Love at QB, uh, Aaron Rodgers on a mission this year. Vikings got that big win over the Chargers. Turns out the Chargers might not be very good either. I just I'm just gonna keep rolling with the Packers. They just keep winning and keep covering. I think they're seven and two against the spread, eight and one, eight and two overall, or seven one and one against the spread, eight and two overall. Um, playing for the one seed in the NFC now that the Rams have stumbled a little bit. So yeah, Packers.
0: I like it. That game scares me because of how the Packers have just been printing money. I mean, they all they yeah. do is go out and win and cover, and that terrifies me in itself.
1: Yeah, I did that logic last week because the Cowboys are 8-1 and one against the spread, and I was like, oh, this has got to even out a little bit, and then they won by 42, so I'm just going to keep going with the good teams.
0: Yeah, no, I don't hate it. And the Vikings last week, uh, easiest pick of all time. So I have a tough time. losing
1: in the fourth quarter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have a tough time going against you my can't. Minnesota Vikings here. You can't say uh, easiest
1: pick of all time when it's not. <laughs> Just because you know I had the other team. Uh,
0: no, you and Dylan, me and Hogan were on the Vikings. You and Dylan were on the Chargers. We we were I mean, obviously recurred.
1: Dylan was on the Chargers.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, Dylan is a Chargers fan. Uh, my first pick, Mega Lock of the Century.
1: <laughs> he's he's pick of all time.
0: <laughs> Miami Dolphins minus three at the Jets against Joe Flacco. Got ten to. days to prepare. Ten days to prepare for the Jets. R.I.P. Young Dolph. Really sad. The Dolphins minus three here. I think they get it done. Solid defense. The um the Dolphins play four of the worst teams in the NFL in a row. There's a roadmap where they could win four straight here, get to seven and seven, right back in the hunt. Out of nowhere, I think Tua might have got his confidence back. This is a really important game for him keeping his job. Dolphins minus three here. I think this line should be five or six. Uh, Joe Flacco. I mean, when's the last time he played quarterback?
1: Uh, I think he got in one game last year. I know he played for the Jets two years ago in prime time, and they almost they almost beat somebody good. I don't know. He's not a very good quarterback, but, I mean, how much worse is he than Mike White for interceptions?
0: Yeah, no, he, he can't be worse, but he can be slower and less mobile. He's definitely and,
1: slower. He yeah, definitely I, is that.
0: and I, I think the Dolphins, I don't know. I mean, i probably lose this one because it's my favorite bet of the week. That's typically how it works, but I do love the Dolphins here.
1: Yeah, I put the Dolphins on my card as well. We were texting about this even before young Dolph died, RIP. the uh, Jets-Dolphins' all-time series record is 55-55-1, so this is just a massive game for everyone involved. Um, I watched Flacco for a year with the Broncos, seen, seen everything I need to see with that. I will take um, the Dolphins. I think uh, they build off that big win over the Ravens in prime time.
0: Right, yeah, and, and a bunch of time to pre- uh, prepare for a terrible team. The Jets are the first team in, like, 45 years to give up 45 points in three of their last four games. That's terrible. The Dolphins offense isn't good, but they can put 24-30 on them, and that's going to be enough to beat the Jets.
1: Yeah, the Jets' defense is supposed to be – or the Jets' coach was supposed to be brought in for his defensive mindset, and they've just been getting absolutely torched.
0: Yeah, it's been absolutely horrendous. What do you have next?
1: All right, my next pick is going to be the Trevor Simeon against the Philadelphia Eagles plus one and a half. Um, I, I faded the Eagles last week against my Broncos. Some 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 stuff went down. I wasn't too happy about in that game. The Eagles, they bested me. That's fine. But um, the Saints have been pretty close even without Trevor Simeon. I thought the Saints would be favored here, even though the game is in Philly. Their defense is very good. Um he is a game manager. Obviously, he's not gonna light anybody up, but I think the Saints' defense kind of wins them this game. I don't think that uh, Jalen Hurts is as good as he has looked the past couple weeks. Devontae Smith had some incredible touchdown catches against the Broncos, though. He's a a very good player.
0: I faded you last week directly to your face on this pitch. Yeah, that's that's fine. yeah, I know yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't cool of me to do. I'm not proud of doing that. We and you are really good friends. We send each other about fifty, fifty five text messages a day. Uh, Kamara yeah. is questionable here for this game. That's pretty big, and so is Taysom Hill. You know, I always want him to get in yeah, the
1: game. Yeah, I, I don't care about Taysom Hill. I, from what I've seen, Kamara is going to play. If he doesn't, then this bet is probably going to lose. But yeah, I think I, Simeon. He's not going to win you a bunch of games, but he's also not going to lose you a bunch of games. He doesn't make a bunch of bad decisions. So yeah. I also really like the under in this game. I also I took the under last week in the Saints-Titans game. It lost on that very last touchdown at the very end of the game. So, Saints defense is going to keep them in every game, though.
0: I'm running it back. I'm taking the Eagles by one and a half against you again. Same situation, uh, running it back. I think Jalen Hurts fair. is is kind of finding it. Maybe he's pretty good. Maybe he's not. They've been able to run the ball the last few weeks, and Devontae Smith's really good. I I, I don't think the Saints are as good as their record. That win against the Bucs is so weird, but it's less weird when you watch how the Bucs play against the football team. Right. Maybe they have some stuff wrong. Maybe there are no good teams in the NFL. Yeah. I don't really know, but I, I'm i taking the Eagles here.
1: The Saints blew out the Packers, too. That's probably the weirdest game of the year,
0: 38-3. Yeah, that week is one. by far the week one, the weirdest game of the year, yeah. by far. I'll double up here. I'll go again. Kansas City Chiefs by two and a half at home against the Cowboys. Uh The Chiefs Chiefs are back. Uh, Get over it. And, you know, the the Chiefs, they've had a tough year. But I'm not going to forget how the Cowboys looked two weeks ago against the Tim for Broncos. Dominate. Dominate. Give me a a break. Uh, Chiefs by two and a half here. The Chiefs defense has been playing a lot better. It's the reason that they've won a lot of their – three of their last four games i mean they're holding people to 14 points to seven points they're looking good even Sorensen got an interception the other day it was like a make a wish kid out there um (laughs) 425 fox aikman joe buck on the call it's going to be electric pat mahomes made a sweet highlight video i'm back in on the chiefs i got the chiefs by two and a half
1: that's the best game of the day for sure um if the chiefs come back if the Chiefs come out this week and not not even dominate, if they just come out and beat the Cowboys, they'll probably shoot back up to Super Bowl favorites just because that's how it works with the Chiefs. They did look like they were back against the Raiders. Though. That's pretty scary. The defense has been playing a lot better, too. They kind of had the worst defense in NFL history the first, like, seven or eight weeks. They figured it out. They've been getting a pass
0: rush. They're tackling better. I, I like what the Chiefs are doing. Daryl Williams has kind of emerged. I mean, I've always known Daryl Williams is pretty good, but he's looked a lot better that touchdown catch he had was absolutely nuts i don't know i mean the cowboys don't even have to win this game who cares if the cowboys win this game they're gonna win the east no matter what the chiefs need this game they're back in first the afc west out of nowhere
1: but they need it not if your eagles keep winning they might not win the east yeah facts
0: not if my eagles keep winning what a ridiculous statement (laughs) what do you have next
1: all right my last one is going to be a teaser because i'm soft and i hate the board um The most square teaser of all time, 49ers down to one to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then I'm uh, I was going to do somebody else, but I'll do the the Bills minus one to beat the fighting Carson Wentz, who looked just horrendous against the Jaguars yet again, even though like squeaked out a win.
0: Yeah, you know, the Colts just kind of you said it last week. Like the Colts kind of stooped to their competition. And I don't yeah. really – I'm kind of afraid of the Colts. It's a rematch of that first-round playoff game last year where the Colts had Rivers. It was a really, really good game. We all had the Bills teased. I want no part of this game. I do like the Niners teased with the Chargers, though. I think the Chargers yeah. right the shit. in like
1: the Steelers. On, everybody in the Steelers is about to be out, too. Y-
0: yeah, so that that's a 6.5 to .5, 6 to a pick em. uh I, The Niners – Unbelievable what they did to me the other night. I've never been so manhandled. I mean, I get home after a hard day at work. I get off at like seven o'clock. You know, I'm working late. And I get home and put on all my Rams gear like a fifth grader just to get absolutely (laughs) annihilated by the 40, by the three and five or whatever 49ers. I was so pissed off oh my god it was unbelievable and you know Stafford I don't know how much better he is than Golf. you know how disgusting that is for me to stay into a microphone but I'm just not sure anymore I'm gonna choose to believe that maybe the Niners are just really good and they figured it out so they'll for sure sure beat the Jags
1: yeah I I hope so man it's got to be better than last week no matter what I do this week I wasn't even really that sad last week because all my bets lost by like 40 points like they were all over in the second quarter yeah that's nice yeah, like I'm really like usually I'm so pissed off when I lose on my bets, but I mean I had some 40 pieces <laughs> handed to me on Sunday.
0: Yeah, it's like that first day that beat ups doesn't go well. So you didn't like <laughs> you didn't really get to get your heart broken. You yeah. just uh it happened immediately. You weren't that invested yet. Yeah.
1: You know, you didn't yeah, make it to the fourth sure. quarter. Very, very relatable comparison.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. T- I'm having a tough week. Ah. Uh, <laughs> um okay what what else you got
1: uh that's that's it for my my football picks um obviously college basketball lines don't get dropped until 33 seconds before the game tips off but a couple good games on saturday villanova tennessee number five or 17 and north carolina versus purdue don't know what the line is so i can't really say i love them but i think purdue destroys north carolina
0: uh, yeah, they're definitely going to be bigger, faster, stronger than them for sure. Yeah. Um, which Brady, is usually I saw, good.
1: I saw Brady Manick throw a ball off the backside of the backboard from the corner. That's all an industry. I was tuned in watching hands that
0: as well against the uh, College of Charleston that yeah. night. Yeah, yeah that was do. right after my evening of beat ups. Uh, <laughs> great night, <laughs> great night. Uh, I, I Rams Broncos on bye week no stress for us right not so fast my friend give me the Bengals minus one the, the, the Bengals minus one at the Raiders coming off a of bye week this is the most important game in Bengals history um <laughs> that against the Jets dude. <laughs> yeah I know they've uh, they've won what's their record of their last hour many November games you just sent it to me I ignore it uh, wasn't good though
1: <laughs> I pull up the tweet it's like one and something one of their last 11 one in 10
0: that's not great uh, but I think they get it done here. Uh, the Raiders are a broken bunch. The Bengals have been preparing only for the Raiders. But They've got they all this confidence. Like
1: the exact same.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, they seem
1: are. just free falling.
0: Over under fifty. No, the Bengals are not free falling. It's A couple tough weeks to the Jets and the Browns.
1: The Jets. They gotta
0: figure it out here. They gotta figure it out. It's game time. We're figuring it out. Bengals minus one. We're going to do it. We're going to write the ship, and everybody's going to be asking, Are the Bengals back? That's all you're going to hear Coward you're, talking about on Monday. You'll be the only
1: person asking that.
0: Yeah, it, it might be true. And that is also all I have for this week. Smaller card for me.
1: Yeah, me too. I hate the board. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get on there and, and try my best for you.
0: Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I'm going to try my best as well for the world and me and you guys. Right get back to work all right yeah you get back to work as well i'll uh i'll talk to you soon go cards We're about to load up the drake uh tonight minus 20 against dupe we're pretty good ball eligibility on the line for the cards
1: all right i'll see you later all right
0: now want- lexi browning is back from cancun let's have a little fun the bachelor All right, Red talk after a lovely week off. We are back. First episode in two weeks. Lexi has been in Cancun. That is so rich and impressive. What's up? Great to see you.
2: Oh, I'm great. I'm just like so mellow and tan and stuff and <laughs> just feeling amazing and refreshed and Just binged The Bachelorette, so all the episodes are blending together, so we will be forced to talk about all of it. So it is convenient that you were not able to replace me.
0: Uh, Yeah, I I had a lot of stuff lined up uh three things not go well even my poor sister was on her laptop trying to get this website to open she just couldn't do it she's a mechanical engineer but we just couldn't get Squadcast figured out so it was very very disappointing i was heartbroken over it trust me the thought of not being able to talk about this show for a week i felt empty for a good 48 hours after it but you know it's it's not the same without you on it so i'm, I'm glad you're back Um, Try not to go to Mexico for at least a few weeks until this season's over. Uh, I'm good to jump into it. We could talk about last week a little bit since I never got to talk about it. Uh, Base thoughts, anything you want to cover?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, just overall, I feel like I don't know if this is a fact or not, but it feels like we just have a smaller cast this season. I feel like I'm getting to know everyone super well. And I really like that about this season. It's hard to believe how fast it's going by. We're already at our final 10 men. And it's we're in Minnesota. It just feels really intimate. And I am enjoying this season for once.
0: I'm really liking it. I really like Michelle. I like all the guys left. I'm sure that's going to change down the road. But, yeah, I mean, I I don't remember where we started two weeks ago. But at least in terms of this week's episode, we started with 11. We actually end with eight. We now have our Elite Eight. And it's nice knowing everybody's name, being invested, and really wanting her to be happy versus just wanting to do a podcast about it. I, I look forward to watching the show, and I cannot believe that I'm saying that.
2: For sure. Okay, so we have a lot of ground to cover. So let's start. First of all, we had the Martin one-on-one. There was like some weird hiccup going on because Martin was still like, I mean, all the guys are talking bad about Jamie, but I still think he's a hell of a guy, which is kind of a bold statement to say to Michelle, who just sent him home like last night. And so that created some tension between the two. But it did seem like they were able to get over it pretty quickly. And I think when that happens and you're able to like talk it out and smooth it out, it can really strengthen your relationship. However, I don't see Martin as a top contender still. They just don't have it. I don't know what it is, but they they're not having it. But it did go well enough.
0: Yeah, that was impressive of Martin to survive both weeks after that tough start standing up for Jamie. It's a really weird move. It's like getting a weird matchup in the NCAA tournament where you think both these teams are good, neither of them should have to go home. And the one that beats one is like, ah, man, I wish that other team was still here, though. They, they deserve to be here. Like, wh- what are you doing? Go win the game. It's every man for themselves. Why are you even worried about Jamie at this point? Didn't totally prefer that. Then we went into the uh, slumber party where all the guys were just throwing out not talking to Michelle. It was weird. That's a weird date. Like I can understand it. if They're all like playing sports. Maybe they're at some training center, but to be at this slumber party and to have that completely take their attention away from Michelle, it it was odd.
2: I thought it was kind of cute. I kind of like when the boys are just able to like be wholesome and bro out together and there's no drama. Everyone's just having a nice time. I sort of wasn't on Michelle's side during this. I was kind of like, all right, you need to chill out. Everybody's having a good time here, but you, why don't you just relax a little bit?
0: Yeah, it, it could have been viewed as an overreaction as well. I mean, maybe all of those guys are just a little too respectful. They don't want to step on any of the other guys' toes. They're just waiting for their moment. I thought that was fine. She Michelle giving off the pay attention to me vibes there, but also, I mean, it's it's her show. I'm sure she stands there for five minutes and is looking around. Why is nobody talking to me? That has to be puzzling to her. But I don't know. It it turns into like way more serious than I thought it should be. I could commit to someone who doesn't really see me. That's my biggest concern. But then Olu breaks out the tears. Nobody else does. Gets a rose. Actually, I think it helped him survive two weeks. So good job by Olu using this situation to his advantage.
2: Yeah. And also, I'm upset that they put my man Rodney in the onesie. I feel like that kind of says a lot, like what production dresses you up as. Clearly, this isn't Michelle because she's sitting there questioning like, is Chris wearing anything under that blouse? So she's not responsible for this. It is production and they are trying to tell us something with the way they are dressing these men. You're going to hope to get like some like sexy boxers or something if you're if you're doing well in the competition
0: yeah i guess you got to be hot and i think that hurt some of the guys in this slumber party date but rick gets a one-on-one they use a wish box cool you know wish boxes like from old bachelor seasons i didn't know that uh even a note from old beast chris i wish to find my soulmate like written in like the bc era i thought that was neat
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty cute. Um, The overall takeaway from this was Rick getting really vulnerable, talking about his dad cheating on his mom, him being the one to blow the whistle on that because he found the text when he was 17 years old. His dad was depressed for like 10 years after that and eventually took his own life. I mean, that is really heavy. I think he fully opened himself up here to Michelle and he shows himself as someone who's willing to adore Michelle all the way to the end of this however the same thing as like Martin I just am not feeling the same vibes like I just don't feel Michelle really being truly into this in the same way that I feel that feel that she is towards like Joe and Nate and other men in comparison but I do think that it's not it's not his fault and I keep wanting to call him Ryan because he looks like Ryan from the office so I'm sorry if I slip up and do that sometimes his name is Rick Rick and uh yeah I just it's not Rick's fault but I just don't think Michelle really feels it the same way that he might
0: yeah I mean that man Rick he's still hanging around though they ended up making out on that log mosquitoes just destroying him Rick getting marked up like a subway in Harlem. He's still hanging in there with his eyeliner and all. Then we get our new villain, uh, the little man. He fell out of the chair. It's going to be Chris S. I think there are guys here who think they all have it in the bag. Uh, we were already kind of past all this. Michelle brought it up. Let it be known. Problem solved. But Chris S., he's going to save the day. Uh, he only talks about other dudes. Never a good strategy. He creates a rivalry with Nate Dog Was not the good move. Main thing I saw from Chris S. in night one and then kind of goes into night two is that he tried to kiss her twice and she denied him both times. How do you not just go home there?
2: Yeah, you kind of have to ask yourself, like, okay, you are the shortest guy here by at least two feet, and you would think that you would try to compensate for that with some other good quality. However, he he does not. His personality sucks, and overall, he just sucks as a as a human being, and he's proving that to be true over and over again. Don't know what his strategy is coming in here, speaking for Michelle and then he goes and has a fight with nate i love how nate just comes right back from his conversation with michelle which First of all, I don't think he handled very well. Like I I was sort of worried for Nate during this episode, but then he comes back in and I loved how he is just like, Chris, we're going to go talk right now. And he wasn't hearing any of it, but it was strategic on Chris's part because he did not lie. He was taking truths of things that both Michelle and Nate did say. So it wasn't, wasn't a lie, but it was out of context and it just wasn't his place to bring that to michelle he was trying to control her decision
0: yeah as he said uh, i came in on my white horse and i saved her from the castle and i was like wow it's taylor swift red week this could be damning but he uh he he hangs around at least for one week i was shocked and um yeah that's really it on night one i don't want to dive into it anymore uh will got sent home uh, behind Chris. I think that's the worst mistake that Michelle has ever made in her life. Uh, Will, great job, buddy. Um, I followed Will on Instagram and he's such a gracious, caring person. He made so many nice posts about Michelle and how he hopes uh, she she does well. I think his Instagram name is like Maddock or something. Very cool. Way cooler than Lil Willie. So uh, shout out to Will. You got a like from me forever. Uh, we also lost Romeo. I can't believe we're going home uh chris g the wrong kind of poet um justin left too and then will um you know he didn't win but he gets an instagram follow for me and now they all head to minnesota let's jump into this week because we got a cards game coming up U L looking for bow eligibility i'm excited minnesota parents are already here a little early for that how do you, how do you feel about that from watching all the past seasons
2: I kind of like it. I mean, especially since I feel like the cast is already dwindling so quickly. I, I just I feel like this is all right with me. But I do think it is weird that she's going to choose Joe for this one on one because he knows Minnesota very well. Don't all these other men feel slighted on the fact that, you know, I'd like to see around your hometown. I've never been here before. But No, this is Joe's opportunity.
0: Okay, but no, I mean, this is this is the cutest date of all time. I mean, I, I had a little puppy face on the entire time during this. They're going to throw out the first pitch at a Minnesota Twins game. I legit love everything about them. If she throws a strike, he gets a kiss. It was not a strike. Very generous call, but they did get to kiss. Uh, they relive their... High school memories. They even go to her high school basketball gym. They play one-on-one for her heart. It just goes together. I I stood up at one point during this and said, stop the show. Stop the show. Claire and Dale this. Stop the show. He's going home.
2: I felt the same way. It was adorable, and you can really feel the love between the two of them. I feel like it's very palpable, and it's clear that this is where Michelle's heart pretty much lies and, I i mean, she DM'd him before the show. She already had a crush on him in her real life before this. And I think that says everything. I don't know if I truly believe that her high school still had all those photos of her in the hallways or if they just set that up just for the show. But uh, No, she's an
0: all-time too. leading scorer. She's an all-time leading scorer of basketball at her high school. They, they totally probably do have those still up. You can go to, like, Holy Cross High School in Louisville and they got pictures of these girls I've never seen before because they're the all-time leading scorer. That's Michelle. She's a hero.
2: Okay, so sorry. I didn't mean to call her old.
0: Yeah, don't call her old. That's mean. But uh, yeah, Joe, they they go on a nice little nighttime date. Uh, Joe is a top-button guy. People that don't get it, you're not supposed to get it. Stay in 2010 where you belong. Couldn't be me. I'm a top-button guy. Joe's a top-button guy. They have a very emotional conversation. They're both crying. They're totally in love. And at this moment, I'm like, all right, Joe's got this wrapped up. Everybody else is playing for second. But I will say when I got to the end of the episode and I watched the super preview, I was I, I don't know. I don't know if I could take Joe to win, although I think he totally should. And I think she'd be making a big mistake not to pick him.
2: Yeah. And I i think like um, the big conversation of the night is Joe is going to talk to her about his injury It was like he broke his leg when he was in the seventh grade, and then after that, he broke his foot, had a surgery that went really wrong, ended up shattering like seven bones in his foot. He could never play the same, and then he just mentally didn't want to be out on the court anymore because he couldn't play to his fullest potential. And then he lost his whole identity and ended up even having suicidal thoughts, which is heartbreaking and i think michelle really put it in a nice way saying like you went through a battle that not everyone can understand because a lot of people would be like i mean it's just a game like it's not that huge of a deal but michelle's able to really empathize with him and it's a it's a really emotional moment i think it went really really great
0: yeah it is and michelle can relate to dedicating your whole life for maybe ages four to at least 22, 23 to basketball. You might go to school. You might work hard. Sure. You might be thinking about your career, but Michelle played D one basketball at Bradley as well. Joe at Minnesota. And then at St. Mary's out on the West coast, the story of perseverance there is something that Michelle understands. If Joe's telling Katie, that story, Katie may be in the back of her mind, like, Oh wow. Overreact much, but Michelle totally gets it. That was the biggest thing in his life. That was what he was best at in every room he had ever been in. And that was taken away by injuries. I mean, you hear, pro athletes talk about it all the time like depression that comes from having to retire because they got hurt so much uh i I was moved by it i i love joe i think he's going to be there till the end he gets the rose let's move on to the group date uh we got chris s he's crying he's so sad even after being denied twice for a kiss he's so mad that nate's going to get this one-on-one he's so mad that he's on the group date but michelle such a sports girl i absolutely adore we're going to do a little minnesota vikings date
2: Yes. And like, obviously Chris is going to be dressed as the donkey because he is the ass of the season. Again, pay close attention to what these producers are dressing you as. I think it is a little bit telling. Also, I can, I can sympathize with him because if I was in that position, I don't know if I would be able to sit there and eat all that nasty shit. Like at some point you have to have a little bit of pride. You have to have boundaries and I think that may have been mine. That looked absolutely disgusting, but good for the other men for being a being good sports. Um, but yeah, I'm not gonna be that mad at Chris for that specifically, but I am gonna be mad that for the rest of the date he's gonna continue to talk about how he's gonna forfeit in front of Michelle and not try. And he just again sucks so bad.
0: Yeah, he's a little pouty. You know, I mean, that's the thing. Like when you make a mistake, which he did last episode, he may not have thought it was a mistake, which I still can't believe. He goes in to kiss her twice and she denies him twice. How do you not understand that she at least thinks you're in the wrong there, even if you don't think you're in the wrong? You got to play even harder. You got to turn it up. You got to shake it off. She likes seven or eight of these guys, if not more at this point. Chris S was comfortably in last. Like you said, you could tell with the outfit he should have tried harder. He completely laid down. It, it, it was tough to watch, but it wasn't tough to watch because I wanted him gone so badly.
2: Yeah, and then in the night portion, you have to wonder like what is going on because his whole point was Michelle's not getting the attention she deserves from you guys. How dare you? And he's going to just not talk to her at all. And somehow this is Michelle's fault for not coming to talk to him. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you playing hard to get? you're you're going home
0: yeah weird strategy it's like uh, his girlfriend's at a bar and she made him mad so he's not going to talk to her for the rest of the night hey buddy your girlfriend's got 10 other boyfriends here like really it's not a hyperbole (laughs) like what are you doing yeah really weird uh he ends up getting what he deserves but nate he gets a super dope one-on-one boat date oh yeah Uh, Michelle even brings her friends and he does well. It's not easy to do. Uh, Michelle opens up to him towards the end of the night more about her past relationships than she's done with anyone else, at least in my opinion. And at, at this moment, I'm thinking Nate is right there. Nate is right there with Joe
2: yes definitely think that these are her top two i think he really explained himself super well with the whole chris controversy both of her best friends seem to approve of this And during the night portion, we really don't learn much else about Nate, but we do learn about Michelle. All that she went through, her toxic relationship ended up making her actually physically sick. It's really sad and honestly shocking to hear that she went through something like that because she does come off as someone who just wouldn't tolerate that kind of thing in her life for three years. But I definitely understand how that can happen to even the strongest of women out there. So it uh, it was very touching. But I do wish that we had learned just a little bit more about Nate.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought Nate did a great job of just kind of being a listener in this moment because Nate has so much swagger. He's so confident. He gets this rose from the state and he sits down with all the guys and in like a cool way, not like a, a being a dick way. He's like, so who's nervous? Like he, he's funny he's awesome but in this in this moment where he's got to listen to michelle and not talk about himself he does a really great job and that's not easy to do and we're sitting there and i'm really enjoying the date i'm having a great time i'm like you know wow I'm, i got two teams to cheer for now if nate wins i'm happy if joe wins i'm i'm having a parade and then chris s comes and interrupts a one-on-one the the rare move we, we don't see this a lot i've seen it before but you don't see it a lot and Uh, This didn't go well for him, but God, this dude's got balls. I mean, he's got guts to go in there and think that that is even remotely a good idea to feel so disrespected that she's on a date with Nate instead of you to go up there and say something to her face. Uh, He's immediately tossed irrational confidence. Good riddance. Uh, I I hated that little man, but I I do want to say he he was brave, very dumb, but brave.
2: I absolutely agree with you. I I think he almost knew that he was going to go up there and get himself evicted because, like, how could you ever imagine that was going to go well? He was going in there to, like, get mad at Michelle. So, like, first of all, she didn't even want to get up from the table from Nate. And then she also didn't want to hear you call her out when she already doesn't like you very much. So, yeah, of course he went home. Good riddance. Not going to miss him. It was the perfect ending to Nate's one-on-one with Michelle.
0: It was. And he Nate's kind of worried at first. He, like, takes a giant gulp of that wine. And we, we don't really see him drink or eat hardly ever. So you could tell Nate's like, man this guy again but it ends up working out chris s is gone nate gets the rose and then we move on to the night portion of the night and rodney your guy your guy rodney you've been riding for him the whole time i've been skeptical rodney gives a great locker room speech before this cocktail party unnecessary of course but rodney's like a lot of great guys here man best best group of guys i've ever been around and i just want y'all to know whoever goes home tonight man not going home empty-handed you got a room full of brothers in here let's just go out here and play hard All right, on three. I was like, you know what, Rodney? I love it, brother. I'm I'm now cheering for you. You're the underdog. Oh, big fan of Rick. Rick gets a little time, and he goes out there and makes a play. Dances to an unprompted piano man. You could tell he's unprompted because that piano man had his face blurred. He didn't sign any of the waivers. Rick's in the middle of the street dancing. I love it. And I really didn't know who was going to advance. But at that moment, after Rodney is screaming, we love Minnesota, on the top of that rooftop. I'm like, Rick and Rodney are safe. What about the others?
2: Okay, no, I actually want to dock Rodney points for this scene because I'm mad at him for the way that he is continuing on this narrative of, I am so lucky to be here. I just can't even believe I've made it here another week. I am so blessed. And like, that's a humble and sweet thing to say. But it's time for you to start having some confidence, have a little bit of Nate's confidence in yourself of like, yeah, I know I'm meant to be here because we are connecting. I I think he's doing more talking about the connecting than actually doing the connecting. So yeah, I'm mad at him. I just wish he could believe in himself just a little bit more, but great guy, really proud of him. I just want to see him, you know, round that corner, I guess.
0: Yeah, I I can see what you're saying, but there's nothing wrong with being the happy to be here team at this stage. I think Rodney looks around and he legitimately feels like, wow, I'm really lucky to be on this show with these guys having a shot at Michelle's love. How did I get here? And that is such an awesome way to actually feel. Uh, Other guys might feel that way, too, and they're just afraid to say it. They want to put on this fake confidence, but not Rodney. Rodney wants to treat Michelle like she's the only girl in the world. He wants her to know every single day that he feels so lucky that she's his. And I I love it. I love his attitude. I get what you're saying. But maybe maybe after a year and a half when they're together, yeah, he needs to tone that down. There needs to be some balance. But in terms of first, in terms of creating a spark, if he looks at her and he's like, man, I got no business being with that girl. She's the most beautiful, most intelligent, perfect woman. How did I get here? I mean, it's unbelievable. My heart's warm just thinking about it.
2: You know what? I think I'm having like this weird like epiphany where all of the men that I feel like w- would put Michelle on this pedestal and truly adore her. Like the Rodneys, like the Ricks, like the Brandon- is it Brandon's. I yep. feel like they are more uh, – they're just, they're not doing as well as the men who sort of don't put her on that pedestal. Like we sort of have the Joe. He, first of all, ghosted her in the beginning and Nate, he just sort of has that swagger. And maybe it's a little bit of that, just like sheer confidence, borderline cockiness that I feel like is maybe more attractive to women. And it's easier to put a guy who's that humble into the friend zone than it is to be like, that's like, sexy I guess
0: yeah no it's a, it's a great assessment and I completely agree with you because I, I would also power rankings rank Joe and Nate ahead of the rest of these guys but I would also say it's a long game and we're going to get to it at the end where we think the show's going to go but like these guys the Ricks and the Rodneys of the world they got to survive it's not as easy for them they can't just go out there and smile and take their shirt off on a date and be like I'm I'm moving on I'm the king they have to put everything they have into it And they are. you got to respect them because at the end of the day, right now, yes, Nate and Joe are the favorites, but these other guys, they're hanging around. They get another week, another week of that Scream Time, basically a punch ticket to paradise if they want it now. They've done a great job.
2: Yes, they have. Also, honorable mentions of this episode – are the um the Claytons and the Brandons? I think that they did a really good job of overcompensating, making sure Michelle did feel seen, creating those small moments with her. We haven't talked about Brandon this entire season, but he's definitely a dark horse. I can see him coming into like the top five here. Also, Clayton made a really good play on her this episode, too. He's still not standing out to me. Don't know what the producers are seeing in him as The Bachelor yet. But, I mean, he's a great guy, and I do see him going far based on the super preview that we see. Also want to bring up the weird misunderstanding that Michelle had with um, Martin about the definition of high maintenance and some weird sexism insinuations. Uh, That was pretty awkward.
0: Yeah, I I keep thinking Martin has like put himself in a grave, but he just keeps surviving. And I think that ends this upcoming week, if I had to guess, because everybody that she keeps him over so far outside of Will, I'm like, yeah, you know, I guess that makes sense. They at least had a one on one. That's fair. But yeah, I agree. Clayton. Better episode from him this week. Brandon, still hate almost everything he says, if we're being honest. Like, I I personally cannot stand this guy, but he's not that bad. I mean, I've, I've hated so many people in Bachelor Nation so much more than I could ever even think about hating Brandon right now. So, yeah, uh, good episode from those guys as well.
2: Yes, totally agree. Then getting into the super preview, that looked very juicy. It looks okay. like we could— We could have a rocky ending here for Michelle. Someone's dad is going to be really mean and out them as not being ready for commitment. And I am really wondering whose dad that is.
0: It's got to be Nate's. But let's jump into the rose ceremony real quick because, you know, I got to do my little rundown. So Joe Clayton and Nate, they're moving on already. They get a bye. There's five roses on the table. We're going from 10 to the elite eight now that our little man, Chris has been sent home, so here we go. Rick, Red Talk Outro, dancing in the moonlight into the Elite Eight. Oh, Lou, too cool, so smooth, still rolling. Brandon, it was his birthday. Michelle, not that mean. Martin Scorsese, this is your movie, bro. You're moving on. And Rodney from Cucamonga, California. Nobody thought we would be here on this roof, but we're here, the underdog. That wraps up. Week five, we lose Casey. He's gonna make it home in time for supper, and some other guy, not proud of it, but I don't remember his name.
2: Le- Leroy or something like that.
0: Elroy, Elroy Jetson.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was really sad about Casey. Actually, I feel like that is someone that we didn't get to know very well, and I, well, yeah. I really liked him. Yeah,
0: it's such a I liked him.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, pretty good showing. I did get a little weirded out by Michelle on the first episode, but she really is proving herself to be a great bachelorette. Um, I'm really enjoying her season and all of her gorgeous dresses.
0: Yeah, she's fashionista out there. I mean, you know, I don't know what's going on. I'm not paying attention to this stuff, but every time I see Michelle, I'm like, wow, she's dressed really cool. and looks really hot. So 10 out of 10 for me.
2: Yeah, huge difference from like the outfits that they had Katie wearing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. Although Katie, also super hot, don't want to take anything away from her. The super preview, a lot going on, a lot of crying. Looks like there's going to be some drama. Right now, we don't really have a villain at this moment, which is cool. We keep getting them out almost immediately, which is another thing I've loved about Michelle's season. But we have eight guys left, and the main thing I picked up from the preview is that it looks like Nate and Clayton are going to be the last two. We saw ITMs of them both crying. I I feel like we saw more of them in the Super Preview than anybody else, and I could see that being the final two, given that we know Clayton's going to be the Bachelor, and we know Nate is a major player in this. Uh, I didn't see Joe hardly at all, and um, that that bums me out, but I I think it's going to be Nate and Clayton at the end.
2: I think that's completely valid and I did notice the Exact same thing, uh, it looked really juicy. I loved this preview, it was very telling. And Michelle has seemed very like stone cold, I think, up until this episode. And it just shows that there's going to be a lot of upcoming drama like, where we keep eliminating the villains, but the drama is still here. There's a lot to come. It looks like we may have bad boy Nate in the house, which makes me very nervous since he is such a strong contender. It's very scary.
0: Yeah, did you see Clayton call him an actor? Said he was an actor, so we're going to do the actor thing with Nate, which we we know from watching the show in the past, if somebody is an actor and they are here, they're basically going to be treated like they've murdered someone.
2: Yes, and rightfully so, because it just seems like they never have the right intentions.
0: Yeah, very fair. Like, they're using it as their big break, and Nate's made it a long way, and we've been lucky so far. Please don't anybody this up for us i don't know if you've been lucky but if you have if you haven't thanks for not telling me but i have no idea what's going to happen in this season outside of the fact that clayton is going to be the bachelor obviously that's a massive massive spoiler if you just heard that for the first time on here sorry you didn't listen to the rest of the weeks that's on you um but yeah i i don't know what's going to happen i don't know who's going to win that's been really really great but well, we're definitely going to see some fireworks
2: yeah yep that's all i got
0: That is all I have, to, Lexi, anything else? Oh, oh, Red. Taylor's version is out. We are Red Talk Podcast. You have any thoughts? I I got some time.
2: Okay. So this has actually, like, been a very trying time in my life. The fact that Taylor Swift would wait until the one week when I am out of the country with the worst Wi-Fi connection of all time. To be so active. I mean, she has done more in this last week than she has done in like five years. It's really upsetting. I got halfway through the um, all too well short film and it just kept loading and loading and loading. And I was not able to finish it. And do you know how degrading that felt for me?
0: I I saw your snap and I I can't imagine that was fun. Um, I I know that you really, really care and you want to see that stuff immediately. Uh, it's, it's a masterpiece though. I will say I told myself, I wasn't going to listen to this at all. You know, I just wanted to keep the good, good vibes flowing, maybe listen to a lot of Drake. I mean, it comes out on what, like Thursday night at midnight or something, right before my luxurious weekend that I always have where I'm doing nonstop fun for 60 hours. And, um, I threw it on. I was up until four 5 or something. I listened to the whole thing. It it was crushing. It was a masterpiece. I, I saw this, red tour live twice once at the yum center and once in nashville i saw you at both of those we were just young children uh it's a spectacular album all the additions from the vault as taylor says uh they're just fantastic there's a ringer podcast called every single album by nathan hubbard and Nora pensiotti where they they cover exclusively taylor swift and they dive into every album with all this cool stuff and i listen to them religiously uh it's like one of my favorite podcasts in the world so i'm like I like back. I, I really loved it. It makes me sad. It's 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 soul crushing to a point, but it is just beautiful art.
2: It is so good. And the fact that she went back and got all of the original artists from like that year to come back and do their new renditions. It's so meaningful. And it's it's the most perfect album. And it's like crazy that. All these headlines about um, what's-his-face, why can't I think of his name, yes, are all surfacing and everything, and it's just such old news that I'm like, yeah, the people that were really writing for Taylor Swift, we've been knowing. Like, this is not news, but – Good for everyone else for finally opening their minds and discovering what an amazing artist Taylor Swift actually is, what an amazing album this was that truly deserved a Grammy. Um, and yeah, I mean, the From the Vault songs, I can't believe she's just been holding on to those for so long. Right. I am definitely upset with Taylor Swift because I did actually meet her during this era at the Yum! Center Here in Louisville, after one of her shows, was picked out of the crowd to go backstage and actually meet her. And I asked her to her face about the 10-minute version of All Too Well. And she said, I don't know where the rumors of that started. I think that I sat down with my band and I was just getting everything out. I had my voice memo on. I was just going on and on. And I think the whole recording ended up being 10 minutes and I whittled it down to actually make the song. And that's what she told me. There was no extra lyrics in a notebook anywhere. I feel as though she lied to my face, but I am very happy that she did lie about this because what what a work of art this has been. What an amazing song. What an amazing film to go with it. Also, the new music video that came out, the Saturday Night Live performance. I mean, what a time to be a Taylor Swift fan.
0: Yeah, all of it. I mean, couldn't have said it better myself. She's been active. She's been on Seth Meyers. She's been on Fallon. She... She looks so happy. She just sparkles out there. There's nothing better than a Taylor Swift Saturday Night Live performance. I was locked in Sunday morning before a big day at NFL. I'm not watching gambling shows. I'm sitting there watching the whole episode front to back. Just phenomenal. I, this album is is so good. I, I remember 10 years ago going back and forth all the time. What's my favorite song on this album? And there, there's so many stories that comes with every single one Um uh, God, I mean, me and my sister were, like, just bumping holy ground uh, when she, like, left for LSU to be gone. And, like, The Last Time is such an underrated, like, just powerful, demoralizing song. It really just doesn't stop. Starlight is one of the funnest songs I've ever heard. It's such an underrated album, like you said. And I just never thought at any point over the last 10 years that I'd be riding around in my car only listening to this in 2021, 27 years old. But here I am and god damn i'm happy that i am
2: yeah these are songs that have been my favorite for so long and they will truly stand the test of time they are so good i mean the treacherous rendition was so good the better man cover wow oh yeah wow wow Yeah, wow. that was
0: tough yeah
2: yeah just so proud of her. Uh, so happy and so much content that I have to go back and catch up on since I've been home. It's um, very stressful. And I feel like I need to get my Swifty card revoked because I'm so behind on everything.
0: Uh, you got time. Um Everything has changed. Ed Sheeran, my boy, back to I mean, oh, it's just it's all so great. Well, we could we could do an hour on this. That's unfortunately time we don't have, but that album does deserve its respect.
2: Yeah, it is it is juicy that Ed came back considering that he is managed by Scooter. Like you have to wonder about the little like conflict there, like how how they feel about that. But um, yeah, he came back sounding even better. He's doing amazing out there too. Like the new Ed album oh, Slack that
0: uh it's, that graffiti on the overpass song is maybe the best song i've ever heard
2: yeah i mean he's killing it and that suit that he wore recently like the fire and ice he's just oh he's so cool i'm going to be dancing to him at my wedding
0: oh are you doing a little thinking out loud
2: no we're doing hearts don't break around here it's mine and cole's song oh my god well it's
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Louisville plays like an hour. I'm going to start crying. That's, uh, that's terrific. But yeah, new Ed album slaps Ed, just like Taylor can kind of dive into any genre and absolutely kill it. So it's awesome. And Ed opened up for, on that red tour, that's where we were kind of introduced to Ed Ed with the 10 minute, give me love performance where he's tearing his fingers up on the guitar, where he comes out and gives that speech. I don't know if I'm going to be able to play the guitar tonight because I crack my hand open on a beer bottle and they show it and it's like all bloody. But then he just goes twice as hard that he did in Louisville through the pain on the IR dude is absolutely elite. And when he was singing a team in there there's I mean, just a sweet melody throughout the crowd of the lyrics
2: shivers, oh, one man. might say, Oh, also, just like, He just busts up his guitar on stage. I mean, that was such an amazing tour from start to finish. And I just want to say, like, we need a red tour DVD. And I'm so pissed that she can't make one because I'm pretty sure Big Machine probably still owns all of that footage. Please stop me because I will not stop on my own accord.
0: Oh, no, it's okay. Um, Yeah, I got like 10 minutes before I have to leave. Uh, Yeah. uh, Unbelievable, though. All of it. Red tour. You know, Florida, Georgia line didn't weren't they like the the opener opener like they open for ed and then her is that correct
2: Ooh, that's a tough question i think you are correct I, that's I crazy remember. too
0: because i mean they're they're like i mean i don't i'm not going to sit here and be like yeah I love florida georgia line like all of their work is just terrific but they do have some bangers and to think that they were like the lead off and then ed and then taylor i'm almost positive that was the case like what like the way everybody just kind of fireworked out of there like what a tour
2: Oh, so good. And then to just meet her there afterwards, like, shut up, baby. You a song. You make me want to roll my windows. down.
0: Alrighty. Yeah. That about wraps it up for this week. Uh, great episode. Lexi. Glad we got to, glad we got to do that. Maybe we'll just spend the last 10 minutes of every episode doing stuff like that. Now really, really enjoyed it. Do you have anything else?
2: Uh, no.
0: All right. Sounds good. Uh, I will see you next week. TTYL.